Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Split Division Podcast. I will be your host tonight, Eli Berkovitz. I am here with Max with the Bears, Gerbs with the Lions, and the newest addition to the Split Division Podcast, Jared Barsness, who's been with us the last couple weeks. Brett, we uh, appreciated the time you had for us here on Split Division Podcast, but Brett's got a lot going on in his own life. So right now, it looks like uh, Jared will be taking over covering the Vikings for us here on the Split Division Podcast, which is great because Jared's been amazing. And hopefully, we'll get some guest appearances out of Brett in the near future. But right now, we got to talk some football because we're three weeks in. This division is looking somewhat competitive in certain areas, I guess. But um, I guess the biggest piece of news coming out of week three, at least injury-wise, would be Tariq Cohn tearing his ACL and being placed on IR. So, Max, why don't you lead us off with that and how you think the Bears are going to manage without him? Is Montgomery going to catch more? Who Who's someone that could take his place as the pass-catching running back? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question because we have such a versatile running back group where we have David Montgomery, who can be your uh, four down back, three down back, and um, and then you have Cordero Patterson, who's just kind of a change of pace. Like he's got good speed. He's almost almost like discount Derrick Henry. He's just this huge guy with blazing speed. And then um, and then you have Trey Cohen, who's just all speed all the time and super shifty. And he was a, a really good um, punt returner for us and all pro punt returner. So it's a huge loss lose, losing him. I don't know exactly who we will use to fill in as a punt returner going forward. Um, however, I, a guy I kind of consider similar to him that we have on the roster is a uh, wide receiver, Darnell Mooney. Perhaps we see him out uh, in the backfield a little bit more. Um, Nick's no stranger putting running backs out on the, on the outside to receive some catches and that sort of thing. And, and he's no stranger to using wide receivers and jet sweeps and, and throwing them in motion in the backfield. So I expect to see a lot more Darnell Mooney. He's, he's got that very good... Uh, YAC yard after the carry, uh, yards after the catch sort of um, ability. So I, he's a guy I expect to see a lot more of going forward, and I expect his uh, receptions and target share to increase. Okay, so yeah, so we had Tariq Cohn go down for the Bears. The Packers had Christian Kirksey leave the game. Doesn't seem too serious, but I doubt he'll play this upcoming week, especially with the bye week coming up after that. Um, how about the Vikings and the Lions? Any key injuries for you guys this week? No. All right. Why, Gers, why do you look disappointed? <laughs> oh, I'm not. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in dis- I had to think. Like, I'm in disbelief. Yeah, I- you're in disbelief that you actually <laughs> won a game in Arizona. Uh, yeah, which... we won a game. We made out injury-free. Like, yeah, this weird. Yeah, weird, weird way for the Lions to go. To win a game and not get someone injured is pretty strange. Is this how uh, football fans feel? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Well, I guess um, why don't we just start right there with our game reviews and let's start with the Lions with the, let's call it what it is, a shocking upset on the road in Arizona against the 2-0 and Cardinals. So, Mac, uh, Gerbs, what did, what did you see out of the Lions that was different that got you guys the W? Really? Okay. One of the biggest things you have to credit is Kenny Galladay coming back. I mean, like our offense was not doing bad the last two games. It was the defense that was really falling apart. But having Galladay back, like Stafford was looking great again. No interceptions, two touchdowns, like shy of 300 yards, I think. I mean, he was he was doing great. And then we had, um, God, sorry. Then it's like the defense. Three interceptions. Yeah. We didn't have a single turnover in the first two weeks. And then three picks, including Jeff Akuda. So we were waiting. And, like, look, Akuda, he didn't have a great game. PFF, take it for what you will. Like, said he had a terrible game. One of the worst-rated cornerbacks in the NFL. But, like, any corner covering DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the worst-rated cornerback in the NFL. I mean, it's... That's a tough assignment. So to put a rookie corner on, on Hopkins and the fact that he jumped one of Hopkins routes and was able to get ahead of him and get a pick off of that. 
I mean, who cares if Hopkins had, like, 140 yards? <laughs> Akuda got a pick off of him. And that's really, like, that's the progress we've been waiting to see. Jamie Collins uh, moving to the um, inside linebacker spot and getting a pick. Um, our safety is playing well, using Tracy Walker and keeping Will Harris on the bench. Like, all these wonderful things that adjustments that needed to be made halfway through week one. And they finally were made. And oh, it was. It's also like the first time in like forever that Larry Fitzgerald was held without a reception. He didn't catch a ball. <laughs> Not a single one, man. I think that's the first time of his or no, career. No, he had one, but we held him without any receiving yards. It was one for no oh. yards. Okay. But still, but he like, caught there, it. But still, okay, we haven't. He got. Okay, no, but I think he's had a catch in like every game of his career, so that would have been. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, yeah, the Lions' defense played for the most part well, especially against Kyler Murray. You know, you got Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake, so they have a pretty solid running back stable. And then you have Hopkins, and then I mean, Andy Isabella is the one who ended up torching us more than Hopkins, two touchdowns. Yeah. But I mean, he's fast, so yeah, great game. I mean, like, man, I'm still riding that high, fourteen and two, baby. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got the Lions going into Arizona, pulling off a shocking win, going to one and two, and now let's 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 move a bit down the division, down down the standings, one more step to the zero and three Vikings in a thriller game versus the Titans. Jared, that that last quarter there had me up and down, so I can only imagine for you. Uh, what did you yeah. see out of the Vikings? I was gonna say it had you up and down. Um, that. <laughs> game was just a roller coaster of emotions for me if you saw on twitter the things i was putting out it was just like <laughs> excitement starting out and then it just oh ugly i had i mean there was a lot of good to take from that game i'm gonna go over that real quick with justin jefferson 175 yards and a touchdown are you kidding me like he's the first vikings rookie wide receiver to break 100 yards in the first half since the greatest wide receiver ever uh randy moss um Okay. And then Dalvin Cook, 199 total yards and a touchdown. There was over almost 400 yards between the two of those guys, and you still can't win the game. Like that, it's just incredible between two players. Um, pass rush looks a lot better. Yannick is starting to look like a good trade as long as they can hold on to him for the future. Which I mean, alongside hunter i just i can't even imagine what that would look like with him and hunter rushing the pass at the same time uh fadio denebo is starting to look a lot better as well uh last week he had a he had a lot better game i think he had like six pressures or something on the quarterback um and then rudolph i don't know if you saw his touchdown catch like yeah it's crazy one of the most incredible catches that i've seen like, swag right there man yeah I, I could not believe that Incredible catch. So, I mean, it's nice to see him getting more involved. Of course, he's always been like a red zone guy. Just He's just super slow. He's not really someone you want to throw to for rack. But um, in the red zone, he's just that big body that will come down with the ball every time. Now for the bad. Um, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, Drew Samil, just an absolute disaster. I, who, I think it was a fourth-round draft pick in 2019. Had some hope coming off of that Oklahoma wide uh, offensive line. Just every single one of those guys got drafted that draft, and he's just been an absolute disaster. He's played two games, and compared to every single other guard who's played three games, he has more pressures than them still. Um, he has pro football focused worst offensive guard grade, and like. He, it's, it's just been an absolute disaster with him. Um, he had a grade this past weekend of 1.4. I don't mm. think I've ever seen a grade that low before, honestly. Seems like, pretty inefficient. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Dakota Dozier's been awful, too. I mean, the guard. And the problem is our tackles are playing well, center is getting better, and those guards just are so bad that it, you can't cover it up. Um, like, Riley Reef is one of the best tackles in the league right now. Um, but it's, they're just so terrible. And you see on that last drive, uh, they I'd say, honestly, they single-handedly lost that game in that last drive. I don't know if you saw that bull rush on Bradbury where both the guards just basically watched him bull rush Bradbury on his own, the defensive tackle. 
just ugly, ugly play from them. It's a three three man rush, and they can't handle that. Um, pocket time for Kirk was 1.7 seconds on average last game. Um, he had a 47% pressure rate on him. The current average or the highest average right now is 38.1% by the Texans. So, like, you can think about how bad the Texans have been and think about 10% worse than that. Um, Jefferson, he had six targets and six receptions in the first half and one in the second half. It, it just bothers me to see a, a guy who goes off in the first half not get involved at all in the second half. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me when you have a guy with that many yards in the first half and you just don't pass it to him in the second. Um, Holton Hill, just an absolute dumpster fire of a cornerback. Just, just, and there's nothing else to really say about it. Just that, just an, just terrible. Um, and then another thing: 15 play action passes the entire season. That play, play action pass was their bread and butter last year. It's what they thrived off of, and to only do it 15 times so far in three games is just ridiculous. Yeah, that game, uh, that was a heartbreaker to say the least. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't think the Titans really had it in them to make that comeback. But I mean, Guskowski after a brutal, I know week one. I'm not sure we did week two, but. What was he, six or six? Five for five? He, he, he didn't miss. I he don't know what miss. it was, but he didn't miss. High field goals in that game. Yeah, that is, he was incredible. But look, Justin Jefferson is looking like everything you were hoping he's going to be, which sucks he, for the rest of us yeah. here. That but, game makes it look like, makes the Diggs trade feel really good, honestly. Because yeah. you get him out of it, and they still have players they'll get out of it from that trade. Yeah, I mean, Jefferson... To me, like, I knew, you know, the Packers weren't realistically going to get one of Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb. But Jefferson was always my guy, my dream pick for the Packers, obviously. Didn't work out that way. But, yeah, so the Vikings, 0-3. Uh, and, again, hate to say it, but kind of kind of feel like I saw this coming. But now let's move on to something even more surprising than the 0-3 Vikings. How about the 3-0 and Bears led by Nick Foles? And, I mean, I, don't even, I can't even talk about that game because it bothers me too much, Max, so you just go ahead. You're on mute also. There we go. Did you watch the game? Oh, unfortunately, yes, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a crazy game. And, like, like uh, I want to be sensitive with my words, but I almost feel like this is what having multiple personalities disorder or, or bipolar <laughs> disorder feels like. It's like... One one second you're just like down in the dumps, and the next second you're elated. Like I cannot believe like the emotional toll this has on my mind right now. Uh, and it's like every game, like even the Giants game, we didn't have a comeback, but we were up 17 nothing, and slowly the Giants are coming back, you know. And so it's just, we just can't have a, a consistent game across the board. But uh, yeah, regardless, we we ended up with the win, three and zero. That's the only stat that counts at the end of the day. Really interesting game. Uh, started off with uh, the Bears moving down the field pretty consistently. And that's one thing that I've really enjoyed this year is that I've seen our offense move the ball pretty consistently, even though um, Trubisky doesn't have big yardage or anything like that. Our, our rushing, I believe, is top 10 right now altogether. And uh, as far as yardage goes and that sort of thing. So we're moving the ball well. It's just getting that those passing yards going is the, is the huge thing. So uh, we we drove the ball down. We weren't able to capitalize on it, and that was the huge thing that I think that um, why Trubisky needs to be pulled is that even though the offense is moving the ball, we're not executing. We're not getting the touchdowns, and again, we're having kicker problems. We can't kick over 40 yards, and so if you're not kicking over 40 yards, then we we got to be scoring those touchdowns. And so after the first drive, we weren't able to. We missed the field goal, and then uh, Matt Ryan does a one play. Um, long bomb to Calvin Ridley and and so upon further review of this play they the all 22 came out and I saw a clip of it today and in my opinion this was a touchback uh the ball to me looked like it was fumbled over the pylon and so I I, I thought it was a touchback and um but regardless the Falcons scored off that and uh my bold prediction maybe not so bold but my prediction my fantasy prediction of how starting Hayden Hurst against Chicago you would have gotten a touchdown out of that drive. Um, he, he scored the first touchdown of the game. Uh, from there, uh, I would say that Trubisky as a whole, he wasn't playing bad. But when you're up against the last place defense in the entire league, 
you need to be doing more. And so, um, and obviously you see the juxtaposition of both Foles versus Trubisky. Um, as soon as Foles came on the field, we were hitting deeper throws, I believe. Oh man, I forgot what the stat was, but it was like Trubisky um, has completed one pass over 29 yards this year. And within the seven minutes that Foles played, he had over three passes over 29 yards and and two of them were touchdowns or something like that. And so, um, yeah, yeah, Foles looked just so much better, so much more poised. Um, and then even even after the game, uh, the players, they, they had a lot of trouble hiding their excitement for Foles. And to a point, they even insulted Trubisky, I would say. So... Uh, the, the Bears wide receiver coach, he, he said, obviously, we're not used to getting uh, over-the-shoulder or, or, sorry, back-shoulder throws. So um, this is something we're going to have to start practicing now because, uh, yeah, we haven't experienced that a whole lot in the last few years. And it was like they weren't super careful with their words. And then um, Jimmy Graham also had something of that nature, too, where he was super excited that Foles is now in the game. And, and you could see it in our players. Like, our, our defense came alive as soon as Foles came on, like, a uh, like within that full lap, full or since full entered the game, I think we gave up a field goal, and um, and then in the fourth quarter, I think uh, I think Matt Ryan went something like two for eight or something like that with an interception, um, two two completions with uh, seven incompletes and a and a pick. Um, but from there, yeah, yeah. How did he get? How did he get the nickname Matty Ice? The guy's the ultimate choke job, and he's <laughs> Matty Ice. I don't understand that. Matthew Stafford should be Matty Ice, not Matt Ryan. I mean, I can't honestly have no idea how. I, I almost got more upset about that Bears win than the Packers. Packers win. That was uh, Dan Quinn. How it's crazy. It's crazy. But continue, well, Max. How many three and O teams do you know who benched their starting quarterback? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Max, that's kind of that's what I wanted to ask you. The situation is, is that we we need better. We need more than being undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was so, like viking fans right now yeah max uh so mo- moving forward with Foles now okay you came in the game and i don't know i've always had this theory that regardless of the qb at, at times when a, when a quarterback gets thrown into a game unexpectedly it could kind of be a benefit to the offense and the defense isn't fully prepared for that guy and i know Foles isn't a nobody so they have film on him but I don't think it's going to be as easy as a look this Sunday against one of the worst defenses in the league. So realistically, moving forward, Foles is clearly the starter. I mean, what's what's your realistic ceiling expectation for this team come December, January? Uh, come December, Jan- January. So I so realistic expectations. I want to be optimistic, but based on what I've seen, if we can't put four quarters together then we don't have much of a hope. And so especially once we start playing those tougher teams like the Packers and like the Saints coming up and like the Buccaneers and even the Colts next week, they have a pretty good defense. They're not the Falcons defense. And so realistic expectations is that um, if we, well, we have the Jags coming up as well uh, and we have a stretch that becomes bumpy, but um, I think that pretty easily we can get to eight and eight this season. And I think we should have a wild card spot by the end of the year. I don't think I think the Packers are on another level, I, and I don't think the the Bears are even remotely close to being there. Foles is not a franchise quarterback. Um, I think he, he he came in because uh, Trubisky thought he could utilize his pocket presence, and 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 we saw it too. Like Foles knows how to read a defense. Trubisky does not. Trubisky has the talent and the the youthfulness that Foles does not have. And so they both need to swap abilities somehow. Um, but you know what? It's uh I'm not super optimistic and uh, but I think I think nine wins, ten wins is in question. I don't see us getting much beyond ten wins though. Yeah. I mean I look I've I've always like as much as I wanted to see Trubisky benched because it's just hilarious and it's just it's obviously very very funny, but I always in my head believed Foles is the better quarterback, and I'm not happy, obviously as a Packer fan, to see him as the QB. But you know, especially you know, thinking about how last year the Packers, everyone called the Packers, you know, the most fraudulent 13 and three team ever. 
this is as close to as fraudulent as a 3-0 and team as you can get <laughs> with, you know, DeAndre Swift basically handing you a win and then Matt Ryan doing what he does best, which is be awful when it matters most. But I got to hand it to Foles. Look, Foles is always someone I've respected. I've liked him. Obviously, now I will start to hate him, but we'll see how the rest of the season goes. But, yes, Bears are 3-0. I don't like it at all, but I'm going to cheer myself up now and talk about the highlight, I think, of the NFL week, in my opinion. Packers-Saints, Sunday night football, huge game, rubber match for Breeze versus Rodgers. They're 2-2. Two and two. Rodgers won both at home. Breeze won both at home. Rodgers goes into New Orleans, the first team to ever beat Drew Breeze on Sunday night football in New Orleans. They were 10-0. and 0. Packers went in there and beat them. And, I mean, without Devontae Adams, I mean, at this point, I assume all of you watched the game. Can you tell me that Matt LaFleur is not one of the best play callers right now in the NFL? I mean, he's looking like a genius. Let's be real. We're, we're, we have guys that most average NFL fans have never heard of. And Robert we're putting Tanyan. up. What, second Robert, touchdown this season? Yeah, Tanya got another touchdown. He had a big game. Jay Sternberger had a pretty good game. They had four wide receivers on the roster, Lazard, MVS, Darius Shepard, and Malik Taylor. If you go to the average NFL fan, he probably wouldn't know a single one of those players, except for maybe MVS because his name is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and you don't forget that. But, like, when Rodgers went out and scored 37 points, and just by the way, Taysom Hill, I've always had it. I don't care what value he brings to take a Hall of Fame quarterback like Drew Brees off the field and put in put in Taysom Hill is stupid and it costs the Saints the game. Bottom line, that fumble was the game changer, game ender. I mean, we got the ball, we scored, and they never had a chance. Um, some other positives, real quick. So offensively, Robert Tanya had a good game. Jay Sternberger came back from a bad Week Two performance, had a good game. Uh, Alan Lazard, star of the offense, he had 146 yards receiving and a touchdown. Really should have been two touchdowns. I mean, that his he needs you know that speed there at the end there was pretty disappointing. Um, my hot take I've been doing every Friday hot take Friday. This week I did Lazard would catch three touchdowns, 146 and a touchdown. I'll take it. Um, Defensively, though, I mean, they were beat up. They lost Christian Kirksey, this, that. But you saw the play to Kamara. You saw some of the wide-open catch. I mean, you, you got to get better at tackling. you got to get better in coverage. I think Kevin King had a bad game. He needs to be more aggressive. He's a big, tall, strong, lean cornerback. You need to be pressing people at the line, not playing 12 yards back, giving up easy seven-yard completions. So the defense has a lot to work on. But you got to remember, no Kenny Clark. Christian Kirksey left. Kamal Martin still isn't there yet. So I'm not overly concerned. Assuming Kenny Clark is back this week or after the bye with Kirksey, with Kamal Martin, it could be a very different defense. I got to give a shout out to Mason Crosby, three for three on the day. One from 52, one from 49. I believe the other one was from 42. The guy is an absolute stud. Ever since that game in Detroit, which we all infamously know, he is 100 of 124 of 130, I believe. I mean, incredible. Best in the league. Mason Crosby, I love you, and I appreciate you. Um, and then real quick, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Guys, I mean, we've all, you know, all NFC North here, we've all been watching Rodgers basically always. He's playing at a level right now we haven't seen in a long time. doesn't matter who's catching the ball. It doesn't matter who's on the field. This offense is moving like like maybe since 2011. I have not seen a Packers offense this efficient. Their their average depth on third on third down is like is one of the lowest in the league. I don't know the exact number. I don't I don't I don't want to be wrong, but I know it is in one of the bottom one of the best in the league. They're getting easy yards on first down, play action, motion. The motion's pre-snap. I cannot stress enough how important that is in today's offenses. So Matt LaFleur, I'm saying it right now, I'm not saying he's the best coach in the league, but as a play caller right now, he is looking as good as anybody else out there. I have a question and, along the lines of that. Yeah. 
So as far as credit goes, like, because from, like, when we look at the Bears, we're all praising Nagy right now because he got the 3-0 with Trubisky and made this offense efficient. Um, as far as your perspective, when you view the Packers are, and just Packer Nation in general, do you, are you guys saying, oh, man, Aaron Rodgers is playing amazing? Or are you guys going, no, this is Matt, Matt LaFleur and what he's able to do and improve upon what McCarthy wasn't able to do? What kind of – or is it 50-50? Like they just I really – I really do think it's it's a mixture of both. I mean, number one, you have LaFleur who comes in with this new, fresh style that's clearly becoming a trend in the NFL. And also McCarthy was on the opposite spectrum of that as being the most stale offense in the NFL, running the same personnel every play, no preset motion, no tricks, no nothing. So LaFleur is the opposite of that. But also, I don't know if you guys saw... Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's been on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, and he's been just talking about putting positivity in his life and and looking at everything through a positive lens and this, that. But I, I think Rodgers is in a different headspace this year. I think he's totally focused on winning. I think he's completely shutting out all the noise of the Jordan Love pick. We're three weeks in. Anyone hear Jordan Love's name? I haven't. Aaron Rodgers knows what he is, and he's showing the world right now he's not close to being done. He's making throws week after week these first three weeks that he was making 10 years ago. He was still doing it. He's across the body, deep, short, accurate, tight windows. He's running. He's mobile. Offensive line, by the way, two sacks through two games. Incredible. The best offensive line, ESPN posted today, best offensive line, pass blocking and run blocking. That's what it is. I posted on Twitter today. All the Packer fans wanted a weapon. Your weapon is your offensive line when you're giving Aaron Rodgers three, four seconds to throw and Aaron Jones gigantic holes to run through, who obviously Aaron Jones, again, is a star. So I don't want to get ahead of myself, but when we did our preseason predictions, I had the Packers losing this game. I changed it when Michael Thomas was out, but then we lost Devontae, and that's 50-50 right there. And the Packers won that game. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, no turnovers. This is the first team in NFL history to score over 30 points in their first three games with no turnovers. I mean, it's just incredible what they're doing offensively. And the main next week to be a trap game. But we're going to get into next week. We'll get, we'll get into some game previews uh, coming up. Right now, we'll start off with the Lions. Max, who do the Lions have in week four? Saints. So, okay, right now it's looking like Michael Thomas, iffy. I'm really hoping. You know, I don't wish injury on any player. But I don't think he'll play. I think, I think if, if Thomas could just, you know, just take this week to make sure he's really healthy for week five, that'd be great because – like, also, you know, for Akuda's sake, like, here, this rookie had to go against Allen Robinson. Or, no, he wasn't there week one, so week two. He was, Devontae. He was Devontae Adams, and then it was DeAndre Hopkins. And if he could just take a break and not have to deal with Michael Thomas, that would be wonderful. But I know that's probably not the case with the Lions. Um, other than that, you know, the Saints, it's weird, because I think, if I remember, aren't they one and two right now? Yeah. But they're one and two, but they're like a, the Saints. a good one and two. They're not like they just happen to have a really good start of the, you know, they played Tom Brady. They lost to the Raiders. That was the one that was weird. I think. Yeah. But like, I I don't think the Lions will be able to pull this one off. The Lions right now. So like we're looking a lot better. And the question right now is, are we going to have the week three against Arizona Cardinals Lions, or are we going to have the weeks one and two Bears and Packers Lions where they just don't look like they care after the first quarter? And, you know, and yeah, that's that's kind of my concern here is that against the Saints where they have a really good pass rush, they have Drew Brees, that's all they need. And then Kamara, I mean, <laughs> we saw what Aaron Jones did. We saw what Kamara did against the uh, the Packers defense. You know, I I don't know if the Lions. Oh, but Matt Stafford when on that that game winning drive that he was trying to put together, he threw like this just 
bombed Marvin Hall for a touchdown that got negated because Vitae was holding. And that almost cost us the game in the most lion-esque fashion ever. And also, why are we using the right tackle we paid $50 million for at right guard? I have no idea. <laughs> but, yeah, so the Lions have some things to figure out with that O-line. Vitae allowed two sacks in the first quarter. And then that hold near the end of the game that almost cost us the game. So, uh, yeah, against Cam Jordan and um, who's that other? Davenport. Yeah, against Davenport and Cam Jordan, I don't think the Lions O-line is going to hold up. Taylor Decker's been playing great, but no matter what, you got Tyrell Crosby and Vitae, who if we keep playing that tackle at guard, we're going to have a huge issue. We have starting caliber guards. They might not be the best starting caliber, but we have, like, you know, bottom end starting caliber guards that we're not using. Uh, yeah, so this game's going to be rough. I don't think the Lions have it in them to win. I think we'll put up a fight. Now, I think that fire's kind of lit for us now after those first two weeks. The quote through the locker room has been, we're tired of being disrespected, and they went out and played like it last week. So, let's just, let's hope. <laughs> All right, and um, so we, we got the Lions versus the Saints. One quick note, TJ Hawkinson should be in for a massive game. If you remember, Darren Waller had one of the biggest games a tight end could possibly have against the Saints two weeks ago, and then you had Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis catch touchdowns, and Jay Sternberger had a big game. Three tight ends for the Packers beat the Saints. So, Lions, I know Matt Patricia, I know you're listening. Get TJ Hawkinson involved. And that's going to be – I'm glad you brought that up. Hawkinson is the – outside of Stafford is the most contributing offensive player for the Lions offense right now. So like he is literally a huge source of our offensive production. So already, you know, which is what we've wanted to see from a first round tight end. So that, that inspires a little more hope. Yeah. I'm really happy that right before the weekend, I had an open roster spot and I was choosing between Dallas Goddard and Hawkinson. I went with Goddard. Well, fracture your ankle. Thank you. There goes my week one matchup. And I, and Max, I had Hayden Hurst. And I knew, and you said last week I should start him. And then last minute I put in Goddard. Hurst caught him. Mean, it was only catch, but it was still better than Goddard. But either way, I lost. I'm pissed off. I don't want to talk about it. Um, all right, so that Lions are going up against the Saints next week. So the Lions will be one and three. Okay. Jared, who are the Vikings playing next week? Well, they're supposed to play the Texans, but we'll oh, see. Oh, yeah. We'll see how that here. goes. What's so, um, why don't you give us the breakdown? Yeah, what's going on in Vikings COVID world right now? Okay, well, the Titans have – apparently they actually had a coach before on Saturday, I think, that tested positive for COVID. And so, in my opinion, they shouldn't have played this weekend just to be protect the Vikings. And so – but they did. Um, and then they ended up having eight – Players and personnel test positive for COVID today, and I saw that they weren't false positives. So now the Titans aren't playing, or they aren't practicing until Saturday, and the Vikings are shutting down until they get all of their tests back. So um, I think, I don't know, I guess it just depends on how the tests come back, if they even end up playing this weekend. I think if they get any positive tests, they're probably not going to play. Yeah, I mean, um, if that's true, if, if real quick, if, if it's true that the Titans knew someone was positive and played that game, like, for real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Vrabel, the GM, they should all be suspended. There should be million-dollar-plus fine to the team. That is just so – it's just so – I mean, the entire Stupid, league. Billion, so unbelievably selfish. I don't care who it is, even if it's a quarterback, even if it was the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, yep. you know, knock on wood, whatever – you don't do that. It's the entire league. It's other people's lives, other people's families at stake. So if that's true, the Titans, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves. But um, so so what? You're going up against who was it? The Texans. Okay. So assuming the game happens, let's say, how do you see that going? So I see these both teams like as like just carbon copies of each other because their offensive lines. Texans might have a worse offensive line than Vikings. Um, and like to even think about a worse offensive line, what the Vikings have right now is just incredible to me. But, um, and then their defenses both are just terrible, really struggling defenses and say what you want. They both have good quarterbacks. I'm going to stick by that. 
Um, and they got good wide receiving core. Um, and then Dalvin Cook is better than David Johnson, but David Johnson, at least week one, I, I, I'm not sure how he's done the past two weeks, but week one he had a really good game. So you think they have good wide receivers, good running backs, um, good quarterback, and everything else is bad. Um, but so I see them as like just – it's, I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game, really evenly matched. I think the Vikings need to really feed Dalvin Cook again this year or this week. Um, worked last week. Got to get Jefferson more targets. Got to keep looking his way. He can't just focus on Thielen the whole game. Um, and so, I honestly, I feel like it's going to be super high-scoring. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Vikings win it. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be. I'll say it's going to be. 35 to 37 and the Texans are going to lose on a last second field goal miss. That would be fun. Who's their kicker? Fairbairn? I could yep. see that. Classic All choke right. job. I have, I have a quick question since we got uh, we got the fantasy guy here and then we have um, the, the Vikings game and we're talking about defense a little bit in a high scoring game. So I, I'm in this dilemma right now for wide receiver. I have Robert Woods versus the Giants. I have Tyler Boyd versus the Jags. I have DJ Chark versus the Bengals, and I have Will Fuller versus Minnesota. Is Will Fuller a must-play in this position? Mm, the thing is, they have so many wide receivers there that it's just it's hard to. I'd be nervous putting any Texans wide receiver in the game or, or like playing them because they got Stills there, they got Brandon Cooks, and they got Fuller, and they have oh, Randall God. Cobb. I mean, it's it's four receivers that you don't know who's going to get the most looks that day. So I'd, I'd honestly I'd stay away from Will Fuller just well, just because of that. Max, you know I I actually traded today, right before the weekend I picked up Miles Gaskin. He has a nice game Thursday night, bottom of my bench, and I flipped him for Will Fuller. So first off, wow, you guys like that trade for me? Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. I I don't th- I doubt Gaskin. <laughs> I right? mean, I mean, but also Jordan Howard was stealing all the goal line work. He's a yep. Dolphin. I don't want to be a part of that. So I got Will Fuller and Max. I'm in a similar position because Minnesota secondary has been awful. But like Jared said, it's a crapshoot about who's going to be the guy any given week for the Texans. But Max, of those players you listed, how many can you start? Um, so I can start. Uh, three of them. Well, I have Keenan Allen, who I think is a must start. Just yeah. by the way, yeah. just yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I need so I need to pick two out of those four. So two out of Robert Woods versus Giants, Boyd versus Jags, Fuller versus Vikings, and Chark versus Bengals if he's healthy. So I would for sure go Woods off the bat as your second. And then if you want to chase upside, I mean, look, Will Filler could have a 152 touchdown game versus the Vikings. Um, and then the other option was... Chark versus Bengals, if he's healthy. And Tyler Boyd, right? Boyd versus Jay. Oh, and Tyler Boyd. I mean, both of those teams have pretty bad defenses. That's a tough decision. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I would probably go with... I mean, Boyd, Boyd had a really good two weeks in a row. He's safer. Fuller and Chark, kind of boomer bust. I would maybe lean Boyd, but if you want to go upside, it's definitely Fuller. I was thinking Boyd, too. Um, okay, so that covers the Vikings versus the Texans. Two 0-3 teams, by the way. I bet anyone in Vegas who bet that money would be very rich right now. Um, and now the Bears go on to play the Colts in Indianapolis? Uh, it's in Chicago. Of course, of course, obviously. So what do you see out of the Colts uh, that maybe uh, frightens you for the Bears, or are you confident? You know what? I When I think of this game, I think of something similar to the Gerbs just said, and uh, and I'll say it in a different way. Spider-Man meme. You know where they're, they're pointing <laughs> at each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I think of. It's um, we, we have... Older quarterbacks that are not exactly lighting it up, and um, and then we have uh, like offenses that aren't super elite and not moving the ball incredibly well, but moving it, but not incredibly well. Decent rushing games. The Bears have a good rushing game, and then you have J- obviously Jonathan Taylor and Neheim Hines 
Uh, and then from there on the defensive side, the Colts are looking pretty good and the Bears are looking good defensively. And also to add on to the Spider-Man meme, so we've had a pretty easy schedule so far going up against the Lions and um, the Falcons and the Giants. And then the Colts, they played the Jets and the Vikings and the Jags. So and then they lost to the Jags. So it's uh it's going to be a close one, I think. Um, you know what? When when people say that the Bears are fraudulent, I just go, hey, we're undefeated. Um, <laughs> that's 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 what I'm focused on. I, I agree. I agree. But I'll look, you'll take it for now. Being three and zero, obviously, you should be very happy. And however the rest of the season goes, right now you're three and zero, so definitely enjoy that. That's right. And so, okay, so you got Indianapolis, and Jared gave us a, a score prediction. So why don't you give us your score prediction? So my score prediction, is, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game with the defenses taking over. I got uh, 17-14 Bears. I think it's. Um, it's a really close, low-scoring game. Um, huge thing that I think we have to watch out is that Philip Rivers, he not only beat us last year, but his statistic right now is that he is, um, I think, bottom three in yards per throw. So he's throwing like three yards before the... He's a dink and dunker. He's a dink and dunker. And when you got speedy backs like Neheim Hines and our linebacking play, Roquan's heating up. Trevathan looked better last week, but... That's that's how you beat the Bears defense is get it to your skilled playmakers and let them uh, weave in through our defense and try to uh, get some boom plays out of that. And um, and our, our secondary has been incredible. So you don't want to go deep on us. And Phillip Rivers hasn't been doing that. Um, just quickly, our stats for our secondary, we're first in completion percentage, first in touchdowns allowed. Uh, we're fourth in yards per attempt that um, that quarterbacks throw. We are, we're seventh in interceptions and then second in pass rating. So we, you don't want to throw on us. So you, the way you beat us is uh, either through rushing because our interior pressure and our interior run blocking isn't great since we've lost Goldman um, struggling there. And then you beat us with uh, our linebackers and doing some screen passes up the side, that sort of thing. Yeah, so when it comes to the Bears... And going up against the Colts, in my head, all I see is Phillip Rivers, uh, Khalil Mack, sack, sack, sack. I mean, Phillip Rivers is as mobile as my desk. So, mm. I don't know. I Unfortunately, even though I think the Colts might be a better team, the Bears' defense is is the kind of defense I think is is built to just ruin Phillip Rivers. Because if Rivers doesn't have time, we all know... He's going to throw picks. He's going to throw it away. He's going to get sacked. He's going to fall on his ass for no specific reason. It's just what he does. But, um, yeah. yeah. And just to add on just an extra 30 seconds that Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are playing so elite right now. Like, they're playing unbelievably. The only thing is, is that the sacks aren't there. But I think that's almost like a problem across the league is that no one's, like, getting these huge sack totals or anything like that. True. And so and pressures. Unless you're playing the Lions. <laughs> no, but I, I think teams are starting to realize getting just getting rid of the ball quicker is just a smarter, more efficient way to play. Right. I agree. I mean, even, even for the Packers, you know, both Smiths do have some sacks, but it's not been to the level of what it was last year early on. Uh, real quick, just for last week's game, uh, I forgot to mention Kingsley Kiki, last year's rookie. Kenny Clark was out. We needed someone in the middle. He came in two sacks, forced fumble, and he batted a ball down at the line. That is big. Out of a fifth-round pick, I'm very excited about him. And Jared and Max gave their score predictions. Gerbs, you never gave us one. So yes. let's let's hear it. So the lowest amount of points the Lions have scored this season is 21, and the Saints' lowest amount of points they've scored this season is 24. So we're looking at like a relatively high-scoring game here, I think. Because even against the Bears, even against the Packers, against the Cardinals, you know, like, not bad defenses by any means. I don't know. I think the Lions are going to still put up 21, but I think the Saints are probably going to get 28 or 31. I'd say 31, 21. Saints are going to get 10 points on us. All right. Um, just real quick, you're talking about points. I'm not a huge uh, gambler of, like, football. I mostly do, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever. But now that the sports books have opened in Illinois, I've been doing, you know, so I got DraftKings gave me free $20 parlay. And just for Sunday night, Monday night. 
So I do Packers money line and the Packers over. I hit both. And then I do Chiefs Ravens, Chiefs money line to win, and then the over. The over's 54 and a half. Yeah. They got 54. Harrison Bucker missed an extra point and a field goal. Guys, $500. I would have made 500 bucks <laughs> off a $5 bet. <laughs> I was, last night, I was unbelievable. I mean, I was livid. I could not believe. And then the Chiefs, at the end of the game, could have kicked a field goal, and they went for it on fourth down, half a point, and I'm not even, whatever. I, <laughs> Whatever. Let's. I'm just going to preview next week's game for the Packers because they're playing the Falcons. And honestly, as we all know, this Falcons 0-3 team is not the average 0-3 team, just like the Vikings. They're better than their record indicates. They have a great offense, a bad defense, but still an explosive offense. And that, and now Julio, of course, I'm sure will return to face the Packers, obviously, Max, I'm very happy you enjoy not playing him. Um, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. I would be surprised if it isn't. Um, I am going to pick the Packers. It's in Lambeau. We have a better defense. I think we still have a better offense, even though they have more skill position players that might have bigger names. But there's this one guy, I think his name is Aaron Rodgers, and that is kind of the difference between the Falcons and the Packers. So I'm looking for... Number one, Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark to come back into the lineup. And number two, defensively, we need to wrap up tackles. I want to see better coverage. You're going to have Julio and Ridley, Kevin King and Jair Alexander. This is big games for them, but same goes for the safeties. The safeties have not performed all that well through three games. Amos and Savage need to play better this week. Cover the top. You can't let Ridley beat you deep. And then also you got Russell Gage, who's making a name for himself in the slot. Can't let him beat you there. Obviously, you don't want Todd Gurley running on you, but I'm not overly concerned about that. Um, Packers' offensive game plan, I think it should be simple. Stick to what you're doing. Feed Aaron Jones. Put Aaron Rodgers in play action. Short yardage situations. Let him be in position to take those deep bombs we've been seeing him do this year, which we haven't seen for a couple years out of him. And in a high-scoring game, and I'm telling you, I mean, the Falcons are not an easy win. I, I really, I think this could be a nail-biter. I'm going to go 31-28 to 28 Packers. Mason Crosby, I think, ends it on a game-winner for the Packers. Going to be a good game, going to be a close game. And now, guys, we've previewed last week. We No, we've reviewed last week, previewed next week. And now this week, everyone listening, thank you so much. We got a ton of fan questions, some really good ones. And we're going to close out the show by going through these questions and seeing what you guys have to say. With a Vikings question, Jared, so get ready. This is from at Ryan Stainer on Twitter. Am I crazy for keeping hope that the Vikings can make the playoffs? With the extra playoff team and the improved showing against Tennessee, I think the worst could be behind us. But I'm worried I'm biased. Uh, what do you think? You think realistically you have a chance? Well, that extra playoff spot, is just, that's the biggest thing. Is um, Like I know it was 2008, the Vikings started off 1-3 and three and they ended up making the playoffs, and that's when there was one less playoff spot than there is right now. So it's not crazy to think that they will make the playoffs. It's unlikely. It's incredibly unlikely. But, I mean, after last week, I have a lot of hope in that offense. It's just everything else needs to come together. The cornerbacks need to start playing better. Uh, defense needs to get healthier. If Hunter is able to come back, which he has a um, – uh, something with his verbal, I can't remember what it's called. But um, so if he's able to come back, I mean, that's going to be awesome for that defense. And it's going to really, it might push them over the edge on the defensive side to get that extra pressure on the quarterback. So I don't think it's crazy to think that. Yeah, I mean, with, with the seventh team, we're three weeks in. Obviously, statistics might say it's unlikely, but we've seen crazier things happen. The Vikings aren't a terrible team, so I expect them to continue to be competitive. And now this next next question is very interesting, coming in from peak underscore a underscore boon. 
who is the best player on each team through three weeks, offensive and defensive? So let's let's try to do a little bit of a rapid fire here. Uh, Max, start off with the Bears. Best offensive, best defensive. Best offensive. I got to go with, you know what? Um, I, I really want to see Cody Whitehair, but I'm going to go with the skill position player. And I think you just got to go with Allen Robinson. And then as far as defensive, Khalil Mack, he's been insane this year. Should have had a strip sack last week and horrible call, got got erased. But, yeah, he's playing at, an, at another level this week or this year. All right, and Gerbs, best offense and defense for the Lions? Yeah, so offense, you got to go with Stafford right now. I mean, through everything, he's been playing pretty well, especially last week. Man, the dude was on fire. You know, he's always going to be the best offensive player on this team. Defense through the last three weeks, I'm going Deron Harmon. Kind of an interesting pick there, but that we traded for him, traded a seventh, a conditional seventh round pick. It's a great Practice. trade. Yeah, and I mean he has consistently been one of those guys who can play that hang safety and just fly across the field whenever a receiver makes a catch, make a tackle, make a play. Had a pick last week. Man, like what a good trade for Detroit and what a good leader. Yeah, I don't know how you get Harmon for a seventh-round pick. He's a good player. Um, and, uh, Jared, for you, best offensive and defensive player for the Vikes. Offense, I'll go with Dalvin Cook. He's that. Uh, he's just the, he should be the workhorse of that offense. The last week he was the workhorse of the offense. Um, and just every time you get the ball in his hands, he's able to make a play, it seems like. Um, and then honorable mention of Riley Reef, just because they wanted to cut him out at the beginning of the season. Now he's playing like at a Pro Bowl level. Um, and then defense... I, I'll say Yanni Kingakwe. Um, last uh, the Colts second half, and then this past week he was he's been playing amazing, and so that's kind of what I'm basing it off of because there's not really a lot to be excited about on that defense. Eric Kendricks has done pretty well too, but I gotta give it to Ngakwe there. All right, and then for the Packers. I mean, for offense, obviously, I mean, Aaron Rodgers would be the easy choice, but Aaron Jones has been terrific as well. I'm going to give it a little split to the Aarons, but leaning Aaron Rodgers because, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. Defensively, I'm going to go Jair Alexander, PFF's graded number two cornerback, I believe, in the NFL right now overall. He was number one through two weeks. He has a sack, a safety, a pick, multiple tackles for loss. I mean, we. All, I think everyone here in this uh, podcast knows that Jair is a great player, and now he's. I mean, we're getting to the point where he'll be in the All Pro discussion. I think this year, if not for sure next year. So, I'm going to go Rogers, and I'm going to go Jair Alexander, and here we go. <laughs> this is a fun one, uh, Gerbs. How many more years does Adrian Peterson have left in him? <laughs> you know. If you asked me that last year, you know, watching him on Washington, I would have said none. And then you look at him this year, and it's like he's our leading rusher <laughs> with Carryon Johnson and DeAndre. He's good. Like he's he's looking amazing. So I don't know. I'd give him maybe two more years. I I honestly like I would love to kind of see him stay in Detroit if he can continue playing this way for the rest of this season. If we give him, I think he's here for a year. Give him another year extension and just keep playing it and see how it goes. I'm down with it. Yeah, I mean, AP, he's not stopping until his body physically cannot walk. I mean, he is a freak machine. So, yeah, until he is told by a doctor you are not allowed to step on a field, I think he'll be playing. So I'm with you on that. And um, we have another one here from uh, Aaron Boone, Pika Boone. Uh, in everyone of your opinions, why have the Vikings struggled so far this season? Parentheses, your answer can't be because they suck, which kind of not cool because that was going to be my go-to. But but let's let Jared, who should know the most, uh, what what do you think is? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. But what's what's the biggest struggle for the Vikings right now? Um, offensively, it's the guards, obviously. Um, I honestly have no concerns on offense other than those two guys. Unfortunately, their play is just so bad that it makes the offense look awful. Um, and then defense, I'd say pretty much the entire thing. I mean, like, and in, I mean, injuries aren't helping. You know, you're losing one of the best pass rushers in the league. You're losing Anthony Barr, who... I mean, it's debatable what like his value to the team. I have to see. I'd like to see um, 
how the new guy they brought in does this next week and in, in the future here. But um, I mean, it's just it's just bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I just I just look at the secondary. I say if you can't stop anyone from passing on you, you're not going to win games. Uh, Gerbs or Max, anything to add to why the Vikings are so goddamn awful? Kirk Cousins is not elite. <laughs> that is very true. And Those are fighting any, words anyone right who's ever thought that should uh, rethink their football opinions. But let's move on to the next one as we uh, get close here on the end. From Dom, um, uh, what is his handle over here? At the at, at defensive rookie of the year Johnson. So D R O Y Johnson. He wants to know first Green Bay. How do you slow down Aaron Rodgers? Uh, you don't slow down Aaron Rodgers. How does that sound? He's not someone you slow down. The best way, from what I'm watching the Packers offense right now, and I'm not. I don't think I'm being biased. Like as great as Rodgers has been, like we talked about earlier, Matt Lafleur is putting the offense in great positions to continuously succeed. And we know Rodgers isn't just going to miss open throws. So as long as the floor is keeping the play calling the way it is and guys are catching balls and everyone's staying healthy, I don't think anyone's slowing down Rodgers anytime soon. Next question, this one going to Jared, um, was trading Diggs the move that made Minnesota suffer? No. Are you kidding me? No. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, look at the the offense's – Look at them last week. They did great. The defense is awful. I mean, and then they get Justin Jefferson out of it. He's not he's not Diggs, but I mean he's an he's an adequate wide receiver too. There's no way you can blame this on Diggs trade. Yeah, no, I agree. The Diggs move is not is not why they're bad. And then finally for the Lions, um what is what's with the amount of moves the Lions made in free agency, what is going wrong? <laughs> the Lions, but continue. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the team. That's it. It's it's one, because we're cursed. But if we're going to go aside <laughs> from that, it's, um, yeah, it's the coaching. I just, I think no matter how many free agent signings we make, it's, yeah, it's a free agency is not going to do much for us really in the long run. It's all about getting those draft picks. So, I mean, yeah, those offseason moves are... I mean, I'm glad some of them are working, but yeah, it, it's we're turning around now, so we'll see how it goes. Okay. Talk to me next she week. had the same opinion as last week. If you could fire Matt Patricia right now, you would. I think he bought another two weeks. Let's call it another. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to our next and looks like final question of the day. Uh, uh you know what? That's not true. We have a couple more, but here's one coming in from. At Dan Roge, 1842977. Sounds like a bot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a phone number right there. Okay. Green Bay, when will Bakhtiari stop holding on every single pass play? Um, <laughs> never, because it doesn't hold. And he's just an elite left tackle. And I'm very sorry that some people can't handle that, but it is what it is. You don't, you aren't considered one of the best left tackles in the NFL and statistically the best left tackle in the NFL if you're holding on every play and you're not getting called for holds on every single play. This isn't a conspiracy theory that David Bakhtiari is the man who gets to hold and everyone else can't hold. That whole theory to me is a joke. I don't know. Bakhtiari is just better than your pass rusher. Get over it. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Jared, Minnesota, do you in fact like this? Ooh. (laughs) I guess not. No comment. <laughs> no comment. That makes sense. Uh, Detroit, is Matthew Stafford good enough to be the next Hall of Famer to retire in protest of your putrid running franchise? <laughs> I have no words. Um, yeah, that's a nightmare situation for me. Let's say no. I don't think so. I think I think he'll turn it around. He'll stick with us after losing so much. All right. I mean, look, I I hope you're right. I like Stafford, even though he's been in the division. I always uh, have had respect for him, and I feel bad that he's been stuck on such a bad franchise because he's a good quarterback. Um, Our next question coming in from at Prettingers. Uh, Jared, this one's for you. What the fuck happened to your defense? Going from fourth in points allowed per game last year to 31st, 
once again seems like a pretty clear answer, but go ahead. I mean, it's a lot of fresh faces on defense. Um, I mean, what do we have? I think we have four starters returning from last year. So it's just it's new people. I, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, you're I mean, missing your best, probably the best player on your team um, right now. And so it's just that's all, that's all I can really say about it. I mean, I know that, of course, look, bottom line, you need the players to be successful. But considering Mike Zimmer and just how prolific he is as a defensive coach, are you not at least somewhat, you know, like disappointed that it could be this bad? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, he's been dealt, he was dealt a bad hand in a way that it's partially his fault. But you also, I mean, with the injuries, you can't help that. Yeah. And then with the development of rookies, when you're counting on two to start and one has missed the past two games, I mean, it's it's hard to place a lot on him, but it definitely, you'd think it'd be better with him. Yeah. yeah. And I would like to say that I think uh, the Packers stealing Jerry Gray from you guys was a pretty good move. Defensive backs coach. From we the got Vikings. Dom Capers, so <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay, oh my God. If I was like, no. <laughs> if I miss that, Dom Capers, don't even say that name to me. Um, all right, and then, okay, so that was okay. You see, yeah, the Vikings are terrible. We knew this already. Next question coming in from Joanna Bennett at Marijuana. All right, I like it. Green Bay, how, Ro- how Rodgers feel about them drafting his replacement? So, as I said earlier, look, Aaron Rodgers. Let's all be real. Anyone, any human being would be upset. I'm not going to sit here and say Aaron Rodgers did a dance when they drafted Jordan Love. I'm sure he was pissed as hell. But if any of you have been watching the games as closely as I have, I don't know if you have, but he's smiling, he's laughing, he's fist bumping, he's relaxed, he's cool. And like I said earlier, there hasn't been a peep about Jordan Love. The guy hasn't even been dressed for the first three weeks. He's the third string quarterback, and that's not to diss him. He's a rookie. Tim Boyle looks pretty good. He should be the backup. But Rodgers knows and has full confidence in himself that he is, if not the best, one of the best quarterbacks, not only now, but ever. And I think that he knows, okay, you know what? They drafted one in the first round. I'll remind you even more so what I am. I don't think if, if it's if it's affecting him, it's motivating him positively. So I'm happy about that. And then here is... Our final question. Actually, no, it's not. Okay, Minnesota. Still think getting Cousins was a good idea. Do you do you still agree with how about bringing him in initially and then extending him? Okay. Um. I. If you follow me on Twitter, you know where my, where I lie on this. Um. It's I'm I'm not disappointed with the Cousins signing at all. Um. I think the extension. It's hard to say just because it's really tough to get out of. Just they don't they they didn't really give themselves a lot of security with that as far as outs on that contract. But I'm I, I've been saying this time after time. You gotta give the guy a line and he will play at a high level. He's one of the most accurate passers in the league, and that's based off of last year. He was the, had the second highest uh, catchable pass percentage. So I mean. You get the guy a line, and he's he'll be amazing. It's that's just his problem is he's not a mobile guy. So no, I'm not upset with the signing. All right, and then finally, last question from at marijuana, and this is this is I mean a pretty broad question. Detroit, what's going on? I mean, you guys won a game, so that's kind of good. <laughs> I I really and I think I talked about it earlier, but like I think the first two weeks. We had our heads up our asses, and we were getting too cocky and too comfortable in the you know in the first quarter, first halves of those games, where we'd take a double-digit lead and then blow it. And so this week, it's we didn't hold honestly like the Lions not holding a lead throughout that entire game. I think was the difference maker. It was like, hey, we actually have to play to stay in this thing, and. It sounds weird to say, but the Lions need to be mediocre through the first three quarters, I think, in order to be successful. I think that's the only way we're going to make it through this season. 
they're at their best when they're trailing in the fourth with Stafford coming for the comeback. Yeah, plain I mean, and simple. 2016, the eight yeah. fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, it, that's I. That's what I, th- I think. Just what's going on is that the Lions are starting to figure out what their faults were in the first two weeks, and hopefully, week three wasn't a fluke. We'll see. Again, this is another one. Come back to me next week if we get absolutely pummeled by the Saints. <laughs> then it's a different story if we can at least fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think... know. I, I, I've been saying it all off season, and I continue to, I don't know, I think the Lions are better than they seem, and I think they'll be a little bit surprising. Obviously, one and two is not great, but that was a big win on Sunday. The biggest thing for me is Patricia. I feel like the talent there mostly is there enough, but it seems like he he's just either way off mostly way off sometimes he's on but mostly he's off and i think that's really their achilles heel honestly is is patricia like if they go and get destroyed by the saints and then lose a couple more i think you just got to let him go because it's clear he's not the answer but and yeah uh, we have a bye week after the saints game so we'll see what uh, happens there yeah (laughs) okay so yeah well that could be an interesting week but uh those are all of our fan questions. All right, I didn't uh, I didn't get a fan question, so I'm yeah, gonna, Max, I was gonna say I'm sorry, you didn't get a fan it's question. It's all good. So I'm gonna give a quick hot take that I think the Packers' offense is really good, but I think that if the Bears, if we're gonna call them fraudulent for their opponents, that we can call the Packers' offense fraudulent for their opponents. Not to a degree. Not I don't think they're bottom of the league or anything, but you play against the Saints secondary, which is not good. You saw the week before, Derek Carr, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 120 passer rating. You guys played the Lions depleted secondary with Akuda with his first start. And then um, I forget who else, Daryl Roberts, maybe starting at secondary. You'll be playing the Falcons, which is not, you know what? It doesn't look good going forward because the, I think you play the Falcons by week and then maybe the Texans. And then, uh, oh man, who'd you guys play in? Uh, Oh, yeah, and then you played... No, the- no, we didn't take it. They didn't play anyone week one. Yeah, they didn't oh. play anyone. They just basically ran over some team in Minnesota. I don't know. But, <laughs> no, look... They're, they're- but all I'm saying is that my hot take is that I think they're good, but they're not unbeatable, which... Um, well, I think look, there's is- no doubt they're not unbeatable. The defense is nowhere near the level to say the team is unbeatable, but there's a difference between taking advantage of a bad defense and scoring... 43, 42, and 37. Like, that's, you know, you could take advantage of a defense and score 28 and win. Like, you see if you're, I mean, again, I'm watching all the snaps. I don't know about you guys, but you could just see how smoothly this offense is running under year two with the floor. And I just think it's going to get better. I mean, honestly, as long as Devontae and Aaron Jones are healthy and these tight ends continue to grow and Lazard gets better and MVS is getting better, Obviously, they're not going 16 or no. I'm not pegging them for some kind of Super Bowl, but I'm very, very, and, and I'm surprised a little bit, but I'm very happy with the way this offense has looked through three weeks. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for your questions. Um, I believe we're going to do this every single week. So send in your questions. Hit us up at Split Div Pod on Twitter with all of your questions. You can find Gerbs on Twitter at Max Gerbs. You can find Jared at Jared Bars NFL, right? Yep. And then you can find Max at Max Markham NFL. You can find Nathan at, at Nathan Marzian and myself at Book of Eli underscore NFL. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in week four.